Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you, unfortunately, have turned into the Church Planner Podcast, a mistake you rarely make twice. Well, we o- we're only listed um, as a <laughs> oh, second. <that's> right. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel Yang, uh, awesome dude, guy works for the Sin Institute, one of my favorite guys in church planning. Um, he sent me a message, said, hey, uh, Peyton, um, he's, he, by the way, is from uh, the Hmong tribe. Um, he's Asian and he has a passion. He's working on his PhD in that. And I think he's going to contribute some very significant stuff to the body of Christ on that. But he, um, he said, Hey, uh, thanks for your work. Um, you know, uh, you're in Pete's podcast. I've listed it on a list of the top 10 church planner, uh, podcasts you should listen to. And uh, so we're, we we joke. There's no numbering, so I just. Well, we, I think you need to tell the whole story. <laughs> you I like sent you it to, to me. That. You sent it to me, and you go, "We're listed as number two. We're and, like you were all excited. We're number two, and I'm like, this is baloney. <laughs> we are not number two. Ours is literally the best church planner podcast there is. There, and and then I'm looking at who number You're one like, is. This must be a fake test. If we're not listed number one, and then I'm like, no, how no, it's are not we numbered. not number one? I'm like, just because number one's got Ed, Ed's nothing compared to us. He's he's a Johnny come lately. We've been here since the beginning. Like I'm going I don't off. Know if that, I don't know if that podcast even runs anymore. Of course it doesn't. We're number one, baby. We're number, number one, one, baby. Number one. Cindy Miss High School Football Rules. Dude, that's so, exactly uh, what I feel like. 
And then yeah. and then finally you like calm me down and you go, There's no numbering, man. It's just like the top ten podcasts. We were just mentioned second one down. I'm happy with that. You we know? should have been mentioned as number one. That's all I'm saying. No one checks out number two. They only check out number one. We should have been number one. On honorable mention. Honorable no, we weren't honorable mention. You know, um I was actually surprised that they put my name first when they put like host or whatever it was. It said Pete Mitchell <laughs> and Peyton Jones. And I was like, I can't believe I got like top billing on that. Well, that's how it is on the podcast. You I know, because I, I do that. <laughs> I know you do. Yes, yes. I am second. Hashtag I am second. So <laughs> Can I do hashtag me too? Oh, wait, that's something different. Sorry. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, when um, th- there is that verse in, in, in uh, is it Second John, Diatrices, who loves to be first. <laughs> oh, is there? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. John mentions a guy. He loves to be first. He loves to have preeminence. But, uh, but you know, it, it's funny because um, somebody messaged me and said, what about hardcore? And, oh, yeah, uh, I saw that. And, and, you know, it, it, hey, you know, Hardcore, for those of you that don't know, we had an interview show called Hardcore that uh, Pete and I used to do together. And then eventually I took it on. And then. Well, let's um, tell them why I left. <laughs> All right. It, I, it was supposedly, quote unquote, interview. And Peyton would tell me about six hours before the interview. Hey, oh, by the way, even that if even that if even that we're interviewing so and so, he's got this great book called Blank. <laughs> Have some questions for him. I'm like, I, I've never read this book. I don't even know who this dude is. I don't. And you're like, oh, he's the biggest name. And I'm like, I don't know who this is. And so literally, we would start it. It would be like. Just like we start this one. Hey, this is Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. Blah, blah, blah. We're listening to Hardcore. And then I would come on at the end and go, okay, if you were to get into a fist fight with Rick Warren, who would win? And I still remember Ruben Young came up to me one day at church and he's like, yeah, when I listen to that show, I totally forget you're even there until the end when you ask that question. Because like, I couldn't even talk on those shows. It was just, you were fanboy for everybody. Yeah. You have me at a disadvantage, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that show was fun, and you know we did plenty of interviews. We're gonna hopefully we'll go back to some of that on whatever we end up. You know, those of you that have been listening to the podcast this year, you know that you know we, Pete and I got the seven year itch. You know, we were kind of like, hey, are we still gonna do this? Oh, but whatever. we're back now, baby. We're back. Oh, we're yeah. back stronger than ever. I've but- never been more pumped about our show that makes no money <laughs> than <laughs> any other time in my life. It, it's funny because I, you know, I really kind of like melted everything down in my life, like literally kind of just hit the the reset button on everything. Stopped working at NAM, was ready to stop everything. It stopped hardcore, was ready to stop. And, you know, kind of tucked myself away in Wales, went and sought the Lord and, um, and was ready just to kind of just blow everything up and start all over, which is very apostolic anyways. And um, I got to say, this is one of those things I'm still having a, f- a fun time doing it. I, oh, yeah. I think it, it's more fun right now doing this show than it's ever been, except for at the very beginning when we were talking T-shirts. And I'm, I just have to mention, I'm very jealous of the From Concealment podcast hats. How come we don't have nice things? You know, I don't believe that anybody we know in the church world <laughs> would wear the hat. 
Now, the from concealment hat not, for not from concealment, but we need our own. Like we need here's, a cravat here's the difference. Here's or the difference. A, you know, a pocket protector or something for our listeners to carry. Around Me and my guys. When we wear, for those of you who don't know, I got a podcast called From Concealment. It's all about guns and competitions and concealed carry and uh, active shooter situations. It's 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 all the fun stuff that I started pouring into, into this church planner podcast that uh, that has uh, uh, kind of upset some of our UK listeners who are who are very anti anti gun. Um, but they're so, pro samurai sword. Let me tell you. Well, they probably well, just no. joking. Yeah, I they know. can't I'm even have those over there. Now. They can't even have a pocket well, knife. When someone goes nuts over there, it's brutal. When someone I mean, goes, hey, you can't years. have a butter knife. No one needs a butter knife. You know, it's just you a know. I culture. almost went to jail. Do you? Did I? Yes. Tell you that story. The, the knife oh, on gosh. the airplane. Yeah, oh, you told me. Oh my gosh. Not even on that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, you guys should check it out from Concealment Podcast. It's really great. I do it with another church planner. Uh, yes, there is another church planner out there besides Peyton Jones. His name is Dan Sams. Great church planner out of Ohio. He lives in what we call a free state. He's okay. I, li- I live. <laughs> I live uh, behind enemy lines here in the communist state of California, and so it's it makes for a really fun podcast. Well, here's hey, the difference: I- when we go shooting, we wear hats. Because we got to keep the sun out of our eyes. So I actually want the hats because I know I'm going to pick up listeners of my ideal target market literally with a branding yeah, ad, which is not something I would normally do in marketing. But I know I'll actually get listeners by having hats. And I can't see that with church planners. No. We need a mascot. We need a mascot so when we show up to conferences. We, we need a Winnebago. Make t-shirts. With a hundred little people. <laughs> It was only 50. It was only 50. Let's wearing say, ninja you know, I even said I'd settle for 25 wearing ninja outfits with ninja throwing stars, which is my business card. What, what if we just had one really short person? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, gosh, when you think back to all the crazy ideas we had. And again, I, I will give an honorable mention to pulling off at Exponential the Flying Dolphins around the exhibit hall with our poster on it. That was pretty dang cool. And then one of them got stuck on the ceiling and uh, they never invited us back after that. (laughs) No, we've been invited back. (laughs) I'm teasing. We've been invited back. We have been invited back for sure. And uh, yeah. Hey, hey, let's face it. The last time we actually turned them down for the last. Oh, uh, oh. yeah. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) <laughs> hey, uh, real there quick, you guys. Are. There real you quick. are. There <laughs> you the are. You're okay, my train. There's the train. That, that uh, cracked real- me up. I heard our podcast. I don't often listen to our podcast, but I listen to our podcast so I could give a shout out to someone we mentioned on there. And oh my gosh, I was dying. We were talking to the train like my tortoise. That was hilarious. Who's a good train? Who's a good train? <laughs> there you are. I was worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right now, there's some church planner out there going, what am I listening to? How are they this in the top, the top 10? 10? What? <laughs> right. 
So uh, wait, wait, if real you're quick. New here, let, let, let Tom apologize for smack talk. No, no. Let me tell. Well, all right, go for it. Go ahead, apologize. Okay, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, an hour-long show. First thirty minutes, you get smack talk, and we used to have cool sound effects that explained all this, but we're too lazy to grab them. And this is kind of what you get. But in thirty minutes, it's going to be rocking. You're going to get amazing Church Planner gold. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. That's oh, all there I get to you say. are. I was worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You know, so uh, for those of you who've been uh, part of my journey, because uh, let's face it, I kind of dominate the smack talk since I don't get to dominate the ministry side. <laughs> Although it is your topic today. Well, it, well we're going to see. I, I, we'll, we'll see if we got enough for an actual topic with it. Um <clears throat> So you guys, I've been on this this whole uh, uh, health journey, and uh, you know, uh, goal is to get healthy, uh, lose obviously lose the the extra weight, get healthy, uh, feel better, do better, be better, that whole thing. I've had you know massive uh, results in relatively little amount of time. I mean, you know, essentially over the last three months, uh, I've seen my blood work completely change. Um, I mean, like to the point now, like I was having a, a talk with uh, one of my uh, buddies here in my office yesterday that um, I, I'm, I'm not worried about a lot of things anymore just because my, my mm. blood work is, is so much better, specifically so what's good. called the A1C. And I don't know if you heard that one with uh, uh, one of the guys in the uh, Platinum Bible Winter Circle. He heard that episode where I talked about that and he had the exact same thing happen over the last four months. Wow. He went from uh, seven point two, which is considered a diabetic, uh, to I believe he said five point six, which is considered uh, normal. So mm-hmm. he skipped the so whole good. pre-diabetic and went right down to to normal. Wow. So you can uh, reverse this stuff yep. through uh, yep. uh, diet and lifestyle. Well, and they call it you know it uh, you know stage one diabetes is diet controlled, isn't it? You know, you're uh, they they actually call it diet controlled Do diabetes. They? Yeah, I never heard that, but wouldn't surprise me. I, yeah. I, yeah, you just got to modify your diet, so it it makes sense. Well, and it's more than diabetic. just modifying the diet. I mean, it it really is. It, it is modifying the diet, but it is understanding there is there are core changes that need to happen yeah. in your life. And for me, in fact, I was talking to my buddy, and I go, I feel like an idiot even saying this. But I just didn't know what I didn't know. Like I listen to the words coming out of my mouth now. Of like one of the things I'm famous for saying recently is, I finally learned how to eat. Like I didn't understand. Well, it took you forty years, Mitchell. For, I, right, right. I mean, but I didn't know what I didn't know. Like I didn't know that Fair enough. that it's not about the calories because what do you ever always hear about oh it's calories in calories out you know i mean calories invade our lives to the point where now it's a law that they got to put it on the menu so you know how many calories you're eating but the calories aren't what's important i mean they are but they aren't what's important is where those calories coming from what are the foods that it's coming from because your body does not treat calories the same it doesn't go oh um you know you got uh uh 500 uh, calories from sugar, it's not going to treat that the same as 500 calories from spinach, just, you know, using an absurd example there, right? Hmm. But I didn't I didn't understand this stuff. And so uh, really going down that path, and uh, as I've mentioned before, 
uh, my good buddy uh, Wayne Ferris, also known as America's Fitness Trainer. Um, he's been a, a bodybuilder his whole life. I mean, so he he's got to be the most well-researched person I know uh, on this whole health and and uh, bodybuilding and diet, like the, the whole health world. He reads the studies. Um, so he doesn't go by, you know, what they say in the magazines or anything like that. He, right. he literally goes to the studies wow. on um, there's a there's I hear a another podcast of, coming on. He, well, yeah, I think you guys are starting a podcast, aren't you? Well, you know me. I'm a podcaster. That's what I do. So, um, you know, bottom line is, is, you know, I was going to him. I'm like, hey, you know, Wayne, give me some advice here. Give me some advice there. Some of you. Uh, I've heard me mentioned uh, he's been uh, in in prison before, and like I've said before, if you guys got a problem with someone who's been in prison, which I don't think our church planners do, because that's kind of the world we work in. <laughs> well, you got to say it like this: if you have a problem and you have the money, I like you it. Know where to find him? You I can like call it. Him Wayne, America's fitness trainer. There you dude. like the A team, dude. I like dun, it. Dun, 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 dun. So one of the things that we're gonna do. Uh, Coming up here uh, this next year, guys, probably in January. I mean, that's kind of what I'm uh, I'm putting down on paper. Is we're gonna end up doing some sort of a uh, a virtual conference on health for pastors. Um, uh, you know, Peyton and I have you know briefly talked about it. Uh, I'm gonna pull in some of these guys who I've been able to connect with uh, because I want you guys to to be able to learn some of the stuff that that has literally changed my life and. Mm-hmm. I feel completely different. Life is is completely different. And, and like I said before, if you guys have heard me, it's not like I was ever, I never felt bad, right? I never felt bad even being massively overweight. I never felt bad. The reality is I didn't know how good I could feel. Mm. I just. Everybody says that. Everybody yeah, I, I had says no that. idea. I didn't realize how bad I felt until I started feeling good. Right. And uh, and so we want you guys to be able to to benefit from some of this, mainly because you are in a very high stress situation, uh, starting a church or being a pastor at a church or just being in ministry. It's it's and high stress, stress releases chemicals that um, make you want to eat, um, yeah, bad stuff. Like it just you you start craving through those chemicals, foods that you ought to be eating. Exercise will help decrease that craving because that releases the endorphins diminishes stress and uh and also you have a sit-down job um often when yep. you're running a church which is not good like dude for me like when i was a nurse i was walking miles and miles a day up and down those hospital floors like i was so fit when i was a nurse i dropped and shedded a shed it, sorry, it is so still funny weight. It is still funny for me to hear you as a man say I was a nurse. I, I still <laughs> find that funny. I was nursing. That that's even worse, right? Like that, that's <laughs> what image does that conjure up? What kind of pastor are you? That's that's what that <laughs> conjures up for me. So anyway, guys, bottom line, let me just let me just throw this out. I'm going to put this in the show notes again. Uh, we had a couple of guys reach out. We're going to do a uh, a 90 day what I'm calling the ministry health challenge. So if you're in ministry. And you're like, hey, I, I want to work with a professional. I want someone who can uh, basically tell me what to do the right way, tailored for me. Not like some, you know, Weight Watchers, here's your points, stick to that. But like something that's tailored for you. Um, we're doing a, a 90-day health challenge, ministry health challenge. Uh, 
where um, you can work with Wayne. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, basically, I'm gonna be paying for it because I, I pay Wayne. He, he works for me, um, because I want to be able to point to other examples of what can happen, not just me. When we start yeah. doing the right stuff, we start doing right. what, uh, what Wayne tells us to do. If you're Remember interested that in that, oh, go ahead. Let sorry. me just say, if you're interested in that, I want you to, to send a text message. You're going to use what's called a keyword. You're just going to put in one word. The word is health. H e a l t h. Health. Send that text to 562-553-5008, 562-553-5008. Send the keyword health. Uh, my automated system will basically ask for your information. We'll send you an email, uh, and uh, and then you'll talk to Wayne on the phone, and we're going to get you started. So you you do have to be serious about it. You have to want to make that that change. Because uh, if you don't, then you know I'm not going to have Wayne waste his time, and I'm not, certainly not going to waste my time. But um, but this will be the one time I'm telling you guys where you can actually get professional help. It's not going to cost you a cent, hmm. um, and that's because I want to have more examples other than just me. Because the next time around, it's going to cost. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so. rad, dude. That's so cool. Um, I I love the fact that you're going to do that for for our audience, man. And then for all those other scumbags out there, they're going to pay. Oh, they're yes, going to pay, pay, baby. You know, you know what though? It, it it reminds me of that guy on Shark Tank. Do you remember that one in the like first season? The guy's name was something like Alligator Bob or Alligator John or whatever. Oh, he, he had, had the exercise the, machine. Yeah, and they said you have to lose like. Yeah. 30 pounds or whatever. To, yeah, they're yeah. like, look, we'll back it under this condition. You use it and you be the poster child for it. And that's kind of what you're doing. Is you're going, dude, look at me. Like, the pounds are just melting off. <laughs> they're melting like off a like cake. They're, they're when melting cake off like, in the morning? Like butter. Like, <laughs> like nice butter on dude, top of the it's Cinnabon. like the house of wax. He's melting. Was that the one with uh, Vincent Price back in the day where everybody was melting? Can't remember that one. I don't know, but did you ever see uh, Fools Rush day. In with uh, whatever the guy's name who was on uh, Friends, Chandler, whatever that? I never saw that one. No. Oh, maybe I did see that one. So maybe he he marries. Uh, uh, well, he marries Selma Hayek. So what is she like? Latina? Is that the is that the the politically correct? I have no idea. I don't so know. They're out on like Havasu Lake. Um, the families, <laughs> and it's hot, right? They're on a boat, <laughs> and one of the uh, his his dad goes, "I don't know if you've noticed, but the white people are melting." <laughs> 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 and so I've always used that line, and I just say the red people since I'm I'm a redhead, I'm a ginger. That is yes, yes, yes. The red is, people uh, are melting. That is good. Well, hey, I got a commercial. And you're going to make fun of me the whole time. But I want to tell you guys, this today is Monday. This is the day that, <laughs> wait for it, Jump School Core Team Training That's releases. So stupid. <laughs> it releases today. So if you head on over to ministryninja.com, you can go to the top right of the screen. You will find the button that says Jump School. Click on that. And uh, only this week, you can get it for $200 off. It runs $1,200. It's a six-month curriculum. It's going to cover seven modules for six months, 
Focus, battle-ready core team mission, fire no man's land, and rally points. Seven modules, 24 lessons. Built into that is field training, where you and your team actually do missional cogs or missional small groups. All the stuff you've heard me talk about on the podcast. This is how I train my core teams, right? In fact, it's a little bit better because each time I've trained a core team and each time I planted, I've learned way more than I've taught. And so as um, this is after Refuge Long Beach, going back and, and saying, hey, this is what I would do now because I learned so much through every church plant that I do. Um, one of the things that's really awesome, <coughs> you can <clears throat> literally uh, lead this. What you get, your, your whole team gets uh, what we call the Jump School Journal. This is something, it's a book. It's basically a book on church planning, but it's written to them as just average people on your core team. At the end of uh, that, they'll be given not only discussion questions that you'll talk over with them, they're given action steps. And every week I have a video, right? No more than 10 minutes. I have an outline of what you're going to do that night. I have suggested meals for you. I have a schedule and you can run it all from your iPad. It's amazing. The format of this thing literally like it's like an accordion. Seven o'clock, you do this. 8.30, you do this. 8.45, and you literally are just tapping through there with a button. And it's highly interactive. Um, you will not find it. First off, there's no other core team training out there. Second off, there's it's so interactive. It's not you giving a Bible study. If you want to be Charles Spurgeon, I remind you in this course, hey, do something else, right? You're going to be more like Wesley. This is more about interaction, so Wesley said, you know, talk about God and talk about 10 minutes. That's kind of your max because you're developing them. So you're going to let them interact and let them talk. And you're facilitating. And I'm walking you through that. And I guarantee you, by the end of this, they're going to be like little gospel commandos. So that's, again, uh, ministryninja.com. This has been my labor of love for many, many years it's been a passion project. It is um, core team training. You can drop the jump school if 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 you want, <laughs> but it's core team training, and it is probably the best thing I have ever done. So if you want church planner training, all package right there. This is for you to train your core team. We've got other ways to train you, but this is for you to train them. So that's ministryninja.com. And you click on the jump school button, I'll take in. It's only this week you're going to get that $200 off of it. So every time I hear Peyton call something jump school, this is what goes through my mind. This is ultimate Calm jump school. Down. Italy, 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 Italy. They did their best. Shoddily, Italy, Italy, Italy. Gotta be nice. Hostility, Italy, Italy, Italy. Ah, hell, did I think dog crap? That's all I'm saying. This right is the ultimate jump school. The new improved jump school. Should we call it that? No. I don't care what you call it. It should just not have the words jump school anywhere near it. And I'd just like to point out to everyone that what I offered you was free. and What he offered you was $1,000. So who's really that better? That is true. Who, that is who's true. better? Huh? Huh? Who's better? <laughs> who's do better? Do them both. Do them both. Yeah. One's free and mine costs. So just do them both. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be hot and fit. As you lead your team, your Actually, core team in jump school. Good, good call. You 
it's you kind of want to be right because life is know. short. Life is short. Why choose between them both? I'm just saying. Nope, you're right. You're 100 percent right. So should <laughs> the we? The only get way to get this for free, though, is to join New Breed because that is where I give it away for free. That's awesome. So, yeah. which I still don't think you should. You, st- you need to still I make know. New Breeders pay. I know. People who pay, pay attention. We've had that I conversation. I feel like that crazy Larry on uh, TV, you know, I'm crazy over here, you know, it's that kind of thing. I like it. I like it. So, uh, we ready to get going? Yeah, dude. And set up our topic, man. All right. This is all here, urine pee-pee. Here we go. <laughs> did you say urine pee-pee? Like, did, did you really just say urine pee-pee? This is all urine pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> How did we not get the number one spot? That's all I want to know is how did we not get the number one spot? All right, here we go. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Did that one come through? I did. did I I heard it. Okay, I I can't hear him at all. But I I like didn't even look like it moved the needle on my uh, my soundboard. There's chemistry here. Can you feel it? We felt it. What is that from? That's from that car commercial. Were the uh, oh the couples on the blind date? Yeah, I don't watch commercials, so that's a great one, best commercial ever. All right, so here's 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 the the topic. I guess uh, you came up with a better title for it. You're like something like self examination, right? Isn't that what you called it? I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was something like that. So here here is the story, guys. Um, don't take the credit. You don't take the blame. There you go. I uh, so so. Those of you who've been longtime listeners of the show, you know I have a, a business growth consulting business. Um, I have various clients, and you, when you do the stuff that I do, a big part of how you interact with people is always, you know, you are the you're the person who they go to for advice. You are, you know, you're you're the knowledge guy. You're the guy who's got the answers that they're looking for. And there's a certain amount of, of you know, respect that, that they have for you. There's a certain amount of you need to act like the leader, right? You need to be like, hey, I'm, I, am, I am the main guy and don't mess with me. I know what I'm doing. You guys don't know what you're doing. Do what I tell you to do. I mean, right. there, is, there is part of that bravado to it, if you will. But... Interestingly enough, so I've I've had this uh, this one client who I've been having some some issues with, and I've had issues with them over the years, and um, I just I, I came to realize that I needed to to change me and my personality, uh, dare I say it, my my arrogance level um, with them, and kind of what it came down to was this. Uh, I've said before on the podcast, years ago, I wrote an article, um, and I think I called it something like, uh, evil people never see themselves as the villain. And the story that I was relating to was uh, something I had read about Woody Allen. And Woody Allen was or is, I have no idea, basically living, sleeping with his daughter. And... He justified it as well. She's not my biological daughter, you know, so it's okay. It's you know, there's, there's no, there's no biology involved here. Even though this girl which, grew up in his home, I, I'm an adoptive father, and I can tell you, literally, that is the creepiest justification ever 
Totally. I don't think I could justify with my adopted daughter something that absolutely perverse. Perverse, exactly. Um, it is. It is beyond. And the fact that he adopted to me makes it worse. Did he actually adopt her? Because I I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I wrote the article so no, many no, years ago. No, no, she was adopted. But the point was, she grew up calling him dad, right? I right. mean, like, right. and then his his way to justify this. And my point in the article was, you know, the villain never sees themselves as evil or the evil person ever sees himself as a villain, however you want to word it. It doesn't really matter. Like, he doesn't see what he's doing as evil, as perverse. Like, we can see it. Like, because we're on the outside looking at it. Right. Hitler did not see what he did as evil. He saw it as, you know, a good thing. I'm cleansing the world. I'm getting rid of all these Jews, right? Because they evil people just don't see themselves as the villain. And that's one of the things that always comes up when I'm when I'm talking to people is I always realize, okay, if I look at someone or a situation and I'm like, what they're doing is so wrong, but they don't see it because the evil person never sees themselves as the villain. They just, they don't because we, we blind ourselves. We've got our own, you know, take on, on what we're doing and how we're justifying in our own head to the point where, you know, someone like Woody Allen is committing incest essentially is what he's doing. I mean, it is his daughter. Right. And I mean, and he's justifying it because we don't see what we're doing as evil. And I came to realize that with this particular client, I was the evil person. Like the the things that I was doing, saying, the feelings that I had, even if I hadn't, you know, overtly connected them, I was essentially the evil person. And it just was like a gut check. And and the gut check also extended to I think everybody in their own life sees themselves as the hero, right? We always see ourselves as the hero of our own story. None of us really look at ourselves and see ourselves as the evil person. We're always seeing right. ourselves as the hero. Right. And I in just every, came- in every leadership context, in every um, you know, uh interpersonal issue that we have with others yeah. are um You and you I know, have had conflicts. issues, right? Over oh, the years. But you're always wrong. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> well, probably, right? Because now I'm I realize teasing. I'm the evil person. But you know what I'm saying? Like we always see ourselves you know, we're we're the underdog or we're the victim. We're the one who's got to overcome the obstacles because everyone else is against us. I mean, we see ourselves as the hero in our own story. And I, I just, I had this realization and I was like, I'm not the hero. I'm not the hero in this story. Right. I'm not the underdog. I'm not, you know, I am, I'm essentially so the evil one. And so well, it's not even the the evil one, but it's well, it's the, it's not it's not the same. Yeah, I'm not talking about you know I'm not committing incest. I'm not killing people. I'm not, but I'm not the no, hero. But, but each each kind of situation like that is an opportunity for growth. Like when you and I had our last conflict, I thought about it. Um, I God really used that to show me something on the back end of it. And it was really powerful. And I think about that on a regular basis. You and I have had situations where I'll ask you about a situation I'm in. And you'd be like, well, hold on now. I think you got to be careful here. And I, I think that, that 
you're right. We often see ourselves as the protagonist and everybody else as the antagonist. Yeah. And I think if we can, I mean, it really is a sign of maturity to be able to say, you know what? Maybe this isn't about I'm right, they're wrong. Maybe it's about we both need to grow. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind well, of the key. This person needs to grow in this, and I need to grow. And I'm seeing this because of this conflict. It, interestingly enough, like you brought up our last uh, our last little whatever you want to call it that we, we had. Um, one of the big takeaways for me that, at least at this point, I've – been able to still keep it in my head all the time and hopefully it'll it'll continue there is i just i walked away realizing hey you know what my my job my role in our relationship in the sense of not our friendship but in the podcast and the magazine and the stuff that we do for pastors my role is to support you in what you do because the things that i do are not you're you're not that's not your strength right and the things that you do um are, are definitely not my strength and so for me what would i took away from that and the help that i got was just really putting me back in my place of getting rid of the ego and the arrogance and all of that and going hey you know what it's not about you pete like god put you here and has you doing this stuff because your job is to help peyton to do the stuff that he can't do so that way, you know, others can, you know, hear the advice that Peyton gives. Somebody who's further up the path than them in one aspect or another. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it comes back to having that conflict is what helped me remind me of that. And like, that's what, that's what my role is in this. Right. And just, you know, check my ego at the door. It's not about me and, and all of that. And, um, so, like, one of the the takeaways that I had with this this client of mine is I just kind of, uh, and I remember uh, talking to God about this, and I was like, okay, God, so here's the deal. From, from now on, for as long as this relationship is still here and needs to be here, because we may reach a point where it's just I need to, to end it or they end it, which right. is easily could happen as well. Um, in fact, I still don't have my new agreement with them signed. So who knows, right? Maybe maybe the relationship's over. I have no idea. But either way, I need to work for them as if I'm working for God, right? Like, and we know that, right? Because God even tells us that, right? It's it's all over. Hey, even you slaves, doesn't matter if your master's good or not. Work as if you're working for me. Right. right. I mean, that's that's the message that that we're told. And it at this point, that's resonating in my mind of, OK, I need to when it's it's time for me to do what I do. Check the ego out the door and mm. give it my all, because I would also say, too, that over the years I haven't given them my all. And a big part of the reason why I'd say I haven't given them my all is the ego. You know, I should be getting more. I should be this. I should be that. You know, I'm the one who's doing all this. So, you know, I'm just going to do enough that they're happy. But. I'm not going to give them my all. And that's shortchanging them. That's not that's not doing what God wants us to do in at least for me my work environment. My uh you know, it's not my employer, but they're my client and essentially I do work for them when they're my client. Yeah. And um so I don't know if that makes sense what I'm trying to say, but It does. And I think 
I think, you know, my mind's going back to just interpersonal conflicts. I'm, I'm keeping it kind of in the context, like how do we apply this to church planners? And I think what you're saying is human. I think people get this sometimes when they get older, when maturity kicks in. But I also know that um, I do turn 44 next month. So, you know, well, and, and this it's funny <laughs> you say that because 40, I would say 42 to 44 is when I think at 44, something kind of changes. People say 40. I think the body, the, the warranty on the body expires at 40. But uh, some uh, of us, the warranty expired a, a couple <laughs> of years before that. But, you know, it, it's really interesting because um, sometimes people just grow older. And I've seen like, you know, 65-year-old babies pitching fits in, in, in stores. And I'm like, oh, so maturity does not always come with age. Um, but I think when you're in Christ, there's a huge potential there for you to grow in wisdom. And the Bible talks about age and wisdom being connected. So that's definitely God's intent. And I think when the Spirit's in your life, He's constantly saying things to you. He's whispering things. And sometimes conflicts are a way of the Holy Spirit really shouting at us, you know, like, hey, <laughs> you can't ignore this now. You know, it's kind of like the uh, indicator on your on your dashboard, you know, that light lights up and you ignore it for a time. And then, but when your car starts backfiring or, you know, you, uh, you know, your, your, um, you know, your muffler drops off, you, oh, okay, maybe I do need to pay attention to whatever's going on. You leave my muffler out of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a sore subject, but, uh, but, but anyways, you know, you, I think in those times, God really does speak to you. Um, like, like for me, I overreacted in our last conflict, like, and God really spoke to me about that in multiple ways. Well, yeah, I you were being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma. You guys would have to have been in that conversation to realize why that's a funny line to even say to begin with. But anyway. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't even write, you know, I don't even, the, the thing is for me, I don't remember, like I've never been a grudge holder. Like I don't remember. I forget stuff quick, all right? That's always, I've, I've never been a huge grudge holder. Although, um, there was a situation in which a um, couple times, man, in my life, like one of them was with my sinning pastor years ago. Um, I was just telling a guy that works for him now, a good friend of mine, um, I was just telling him, like, you know, at, at the time that everything went down, I thought I was being mistreated. When I mm. looked back, like 10 years later, I went, Oh my gosh, he treated me so well, like compared to how I should have been treated. Like, and he had every right. When I go back now, it's funny how you get 10 years from a situation and your perspective on it shifts. And I realized I was in the wrong, right? And then, um, even, you know, to the point where, uh, you know, I've, I've told the story on the podcast where the church that I will always say kicked my teeth in and they did. They kicked my teeth in, and 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 even looking back now, I look back and think they were wrong. I I write a throwaway line in it in um, Church Zero that I kind of regret, where I said, you know, at that time though my church sucked, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> you know, it's like that was a little bit of a dig, you know, forever to be immortalized in print, and uh, and I'm not too happy about that because this. The, the Lord's been speaking to me for years. Whenever I come to that part in the Lord's prayer about, you know, forgive them 
you know, just as, you know, I'm forgiven, forgive them that have sinned against me. Um, and, and to be honest, like, I felt like the Holy Spirit, um, it, it's not so much that my perspective changed, but at a certain point I knew I was young. I was in, you know, I was maybe 30 years old and, um, my twenties, 28, when I started in that situation, about 30, probably 30, 30. Yeah, it was about 30 when I ended that situation. And I look back and think, you know, I would handle that so differently today. And I, I think my mannerism and my youth and my arrogance, if I think about what it was causing them on the other side, you know, because God was clearly using me and people were getting saved and supernatural things were happening. And I get now that that was freaking everybody around me out. This was a church that hadn't had a pastor for 18 years. And the Holy Spirit brought us back together. And I, I can't take any credit, man. It was a supernatural thing come on me this summer where I drove to their house, walked in their door. They didn't even want to talk about it. They just hugged me, said, we love you. It's so good to see you. We, you know, you did the right thing in coming here. Thank you so much. And we just sat and caught up and there's a little bit of tears and, you know, it was beautiful, man. And, um, when I look back on that situation, I, I, I definitely see my wrong in it. You know, it doesn't, it's, it didn't flip flop. It didn't flip to either. There was wrong on both sides, but right. in Christ, which, it's under which the blood. by the way is usually the case, right? I right. mean, I, I, I I may not be the hero in that story with that client. I'm not saying they're the hero either. That's not what my point was. My point is right. I could be better. I could yeah. be the hero in the sense that I could actually do what God wants me to do, which is give them my all and not worry about it, not worry about being mistreated, not worry about not getting everything I think I should hmm. or whatever. Not hmm. worry about it. Just be like, leave that up to God. Just but that's so cool, Pete, because it's like when when you're in that place, like if you don't have that kind of maturity or breakthrough, it's like the Holy Spirit's got to work around that. So he can't work through it, per se. It's kind of like um, that guy, David Goggins, who's like that extreme athlete, right? Um, he does things like the Hurt 100 where you're <laughs> running through Death Valley, 100 miles, you know, in the heat, like crazy extreme sports. He 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 literally was dying after he was doing all these extreme marathons um, because his muscle tissue was like a solid rock. And they couldn't figure out. They're doing all these yeah. tests. And finally, one of the doctors said, you're dying because the blood vessels can't get through your muscle tissue. Like they, 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 you're literally, your muscle tissue is too hard. And so he started, <laughs> now he went into extreme stretching. He does that for two or three hours a day. But that's kind of like, when you're in a situation like that and you can't stretch it out, like, like in other words, you're the good guy. It's like you've got this, this, you've clenched up this muscle and you, I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, you're not. I'm trying to tell you something. Like I've got nutrients and things in my spirit that I want to work through this situation, but you're, you're in self defense mechanism. You're in self defense mode. Um, and I can't work through this right now. You can't grow until, and you can't heal until you can relax and maybe be open. And it, to me, Pete, I always find it funny that here we are, these Christian people, right? We're supposed to start everything with confession and admission of guilt, right? Like that's supposed mm. to be 
how everything in this whole life works. And that's when the freedom comes. That's when the burden rolls off your back, to quote Pilgrim's Progress. Interesting. Yeah, I never thought about that. You know, we're, we're meant to be poor in spirit, and Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Right. You know, those who are able to just say, hey, you know, maybe I'm not always right. You know? Right. Deep Thoughts with Peyton <laughs> Jones. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and biblically, I think about David. I mean, right? Like David, um, it, I, I'll, I'll first off, I'll mention something that happened in Refuge Long Beach. And um, there was a guy. <laughs> there was a boy, a very strange enchanted boy. Sorry. I just had to do that. You and McGregor, Obi-Wan, give me a break. So uh, he. What? Had, I make my own sound effects. So, uh, you know, he, had, he every time I was meeting with him, and I think I've mentioned this before, every time I was meeting with him, he would have 30 complaints. I'm not even exaggerating. It was about 30. He said, well, we noticed this, and then we noticed this, and by the way, we did notice this, and while we're at it, so-and-so, we, my, my wife was talking to so-and-so, and they said this about you, and, you know, we started talking. You know, that's actually true, and we've noticed this to go with it. And I would just sit there and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. 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 Now, I'll be honest, like at that time, there's an internal conversation going on. Like, are those things true? But there's also, I have this, I have this weird ability to shut people off and just, and, and it's a defense mechanism. I don't know that that's or a weird I, ability. I think we all have it. Right. Right. Well, you know, and, and so for me, it can be like, I, if I care about the person deeply, it really affects me. If I don't care that much or deeply about the person, it can be something where I can almost laugh at it afterwards. And I kept, I kept kind of brushing it off. Like I would listen and say, well, you know, thanks for sharing that with me. I'm, you know, I appreciate that. And I would think about it. You know, there'd be a couple points I'd be, and I remember even at the time saying a couple things like, okay, I get where, you know, you're a little bit off base here. I'm, I receive what you're saying on most of these things, but um, you're off base here and here. And they would say, oh, um, you seem really defensive. You know, I, I think rather than being defensive, and it, it was funny because they were kind of lecturing me about it. And I remember kind of going, I said, you know, sometimes it's not defensiveness. It's just, you got it wrong. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that. anyways, so this would go on, you know, and it, and it, it happened over like probably about a year and a half. And finally it kind of came to a head where I had to really say, Hey, that's enough, right? Like every time we're talking, I don't need 25, 30. like I literally just said, I don't need 25 or 30 things from you that I'm doing wrong every time we talk. Right. Like, like just on a human level, I've had enough of that. Right. And I don't think that that what you're saying is even helpful at this point anymore. Um, it's almost like you're grasping for straws. I don't know what's going on. And it turned out to be it was problems in the person's marriage. Mm. And and I even looked at him at one point and said, look, I've been in ministry for 20 years now, and I've noticed a pattern. Um, normally what will happen is when I get someone like you approaching me, um, and, and it's a whole laundry list. And it's not just one time. It's not just twice. It's not like once a year, you know, you just need to clean, clear out the cobwebs. 
but it's like starts becoming on a regular monthly basis or maybe a couple times a month. I said, you know, it, it usually is an, an indicator that you and your wife are finding reprieve from your marriage problems by uniting against a common enemy. And, and I just want to poke at that and just say, is everything okay in your marriage? And when I met with them, everything was not okay. And when I said that, it was kind of like dropping a bombshell for mm. the wife where she saw it. And she, it kind of opened her eyes and she's like, Oh my gosh, you are 100% right on this. Now they didn't, you know, they still had the issues against me. Like it didn't just turn the whole situation around. This situation didn't actually end well. If, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest here, but, um, but, but it did kind of expose that. And I would say that, but, but for me, um, I, I, I endured that for about a year and a half. And this was someone on my leadership team. And, and part of the reason is one of the stories in the Bible that, that's have affected me very deeply is, um, the one with David where, uh, Shimei curses him. And I don't know if you know that story, but I was um, literally trying to look that up. I'm like, where's that story? Like literally while yeah. you're talking. So go ahead yeah. and tell it. Well, so, you know, David, David is, um, you know, he's, he's getting cursed by this guy and his, um, his, his, one of his mighty men is like, uh, I'll be right back. And David's like, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to go shut him up as in, I'm going to go kill him. <laughs> you don't talk about my king that way. And David just stops him and says, no, look, this is from the Lord. You know, I deserve this. And, and yeah, and, I see, I remember, and I, I got to find that, that passage again, but he was like, what if he has something that I need to say or need to hear? Like, it doesn't right. matter that he's being crazy or whatever. What if he still has something I need to hear? Right. Right. Let me, let me look it up real quick while we're here. Let's see. Second Samuel 16. As King David approached Behurim, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gera, and he cursed as he came out. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones, though all the troops and special guard were on David's right and left. As he cursed, Shimei said, Get out, get out, you murderer, you scoundrel. Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you've reigned. Lord has given the kingdom in your hands of your son Absalom. You've become to ruin because you are a murderer. Then Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. But the king said, What does this have to do with you, sons of Zariah? If he is cursing because the Lord said to him, Curse David, who can ask why do you do this? David then said to Abishai and all his officials, My son, my own flesh and blood is trying to kill me. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone. Let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be the Lord will look upon my misery and restore me to his covenant blessing instead of his curse today. And you're right. David felt like, hey, it really, this guy's calling me a murderer, and maybe I need to hear that. Yeah. And maybe I don't need to just go murder him <laughs> for calling me a murderer. And, and he takes it. He exactly what you're saying. He takes it as, okay, maybe I need to hear that. Even Paul. Like, when he, even when there's crazy people, like, that's, and that's the difficult part to do, right? But, right. like, knowing, okay, this person over here is crazy. But what if they got a point here? Like, what yeah. if they got something that I need to hear? And that takes, that's hard to do. 
because what do we want to do? We want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, you know, that guy's crazy, whatever. Forget everything he has to say. But we need to listen. Most definitely. Most definitely. And, you know, it, it's funny because one of the things that um, uh, I once heard uh, Chuck Colson, uh, not Chuck Colson, sorry, Chuck Swindoll. I was at Chuck Swindoll's church one Sunday morning. And uh, it's the only Sunday morning I've ever been there. And it was because R.C. Sproul was going to be speaking there. If you don't know this, mm. those two were buddies. And I, I didn't know that until that day because I, I thought they were in two separate worlds. They were super big golf buddies. And they were just good friends. And Swindoll admired the crap out of Sproul. Like, admired, like I've never heard him you know, kind of praise someone as much as he did RC. But one of the coolest things he said, and this stuck with me at a young age, was he said, um, he takes he 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 doesn't take himself too seriously, but he takes God very seriously. Mm. And I remember just thinking how right that sounded. Like, wow, like I'm not like like Paul, if you look at Paul, like Paul talks about himself as a bond slave. You know, as a servant of an illustrious master, he's serving a king. He's not, he's not the king. And I think where we get in trouble a lot is we put ourselves on the throne and forget that we're a servant. And I think David here is just like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm not the king right now. My own son's trying to kill me right now. I just, I'm just a man. And what this guy's saying about me, he's actually right. I do have a lot of blood on my hands. And I have done a lot of things. You know, the David that starts off in the book is not the David that ends up in the book. We forget that. David yeah. was very flawed, and he made a lot of mistakes. And I love that even after that, God says, David, you're a man after my own heart. Like, God doesn't abandon us because we screw up. And I think we spend so much of our life trying to avoid guilt because we don't want to feel bad. We don't want to feel like God's mad or disappointed. And what we don't realize is God is saying, look, I'd, I'd much rather you just grow from this. You know, that's that's why I've allowed this situation to happen. And that's what David, David has the insight and maturity to go, I think God's in this. I think I'm supposed to hear this. And maybe today I have the victory by not just murdering this guy. You know, like maybe that's the growth I needed. It's yeah. just a let let him pelt me with stones. I killed his family. You know, let him let him curse me. I killed his cousins and his uncles and his nephews. You know, I missed one. Maybe I should hear this. It's kind of profound. Yeah. Spurgeon said this. He said, "Remember whatever men ever say about you. You know that it's f the reality is far far worse. They don't know the half of it." <laughs> And that's not a bad way, by the way, to lead your congregation, to, to tell people up front, hey, look, I'm nothing, right? And you probably remember this. And in, in that, in some ways, that's my bulletproof vest, is telling people, hey, I'm a bigger sinner than you can ever accuse me of being, right? Like, let's just get that out of the way right now. Mm -hmm. I won't be surprised when you come and tell me, hey, I see this in you. I'll be like, hey, you don't see enough, brother. You don't see half of it. And I, 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 you know, it's kind of funny, Pete, because on this podcast, I think I think about this on a regular basis because I'll watch people that kind of hit like superstar status like Francis Chan and David Platt and everybody's kind of in awe of them. But they're real dudes and they get it wrong and they snap at their spouses and their kids 
And sometimes they probably find themselves being tempted by things that they wish they weren't tempted by and probably find themselves bending the truth a bit or doing things that everybody else deals with. But you never hear that part. And to be honest, last time I heard Francis, he was super honest. And he shared about this very thing where he wasn't the good guy in this situation. He said, this guy and that guy and these guys I discipled, and he was very honest. And he had come to that point where he he realizes maybe maybe he wasn't the good guy and they were the bad guys. And he was doing some soul searching. And I think that's where the real growth happens, you know. Um, yeah. Um, but but we don't hear that about our leaders. We only hear the things like what they put in print or what they say on stage. And I think on this podcast, one of the things that we've always tried to do is just be real, right? Not carnal, but just real for that reason to go, hey, <laughs> we're really just real dudes. We might right. be dropping some cool things here that are going to help you. But um, I don't know. I, I think when you're church planning, you you, you kind of put both your pants on at the same time, don't you? You put both of your pants on. That didn't on. make sense. That didn't make sense. At the same time. You put your pants on one leg at a time. That's what I meant. But hey, if you need to wear two pairs of pants, (laughs) more power to you. I thought you were going to say, if you need to wear two pairs of pants or just put your pants on in general, you're not going to have time to do payroll and bookkeeping (laughs) and your website design. Hey, so Pete, while you're putting all those pairs of pants on, you're pretty busy. You can't be looking after the finances, can you? Uh, as a matter of fact, you can't. That's why I go to simplifychurch.com. I reach out to Josh Henry and I say, Josh, uh, I got to put on two pairs of pants at the same time. Still not sure how that's going to work. Need someone to help me out with my payroll. Can you do that? Oh, my gosh. Where, where would I go to find someone who would free me up to put both pairs of pants on at the same time, Pete? Uh, I would go to simplifychurch.com. Okay, so now we have our mascot. You know how, like, uh, you know, you see those, like, blow-up men, like, those tubes with, like, all the frizzy hair and the, the arms waving everywhere, like, car car sales lots? Okay. You know what I'm talking about? What do you call those? Like, Not the wavy no dudes? I just picture our mascot as something kind of like that, but he's got a pair of pants on, and he's got one pair of pants on his head. You know, and it's waving in the breeze. You know, that's our mascot. So if we're going to make T-shirts, I'm just saying, church planner podcast. You know, two pairs of pants. You know, because you're a church planner now, baby. One pair of pants ain't going to do it. Oh, that's so funny, man. I love it. We're not getting the hats. We're getting the little. We're getting the guy that has the fan. You know, he waves around. I like it. That's right. And the lesson from this is own those mistakes. I just embodied that for you. I meant to do that, actually. Yeah. Should that be what I call yeah, this that's episode? The ticket. Own those mistakes. <laughs> Two pairs of pants, colon. Own those mistakes. <laughs> I'm so naming it that. I'm so naming it that. <laughs> can't, can't understand why that podcast is our most popular and iTunes made us market explicit. <laughs> Well, hey, guys, this has been the Church Planner Podcast today. You've been with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones, unfortunately, and we've been reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.
The Church Planner Podcast isn't the podcast that planners deserve, but the podcast they need. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music